All right. Good morning, Ms. Brown. Good morning, Ms. Weckeser. Good morning, Ms. Brown. Good morning, Mr. Poli. All right, so we are here to talk about co-op. Specifically, we have our vocational director here, Mrs. Weckeser, and we have our co-op coordinator here, Mr. Poli. And this podcast is really geared towards helping our current juniors, right? That's kind of why we're releasing this podcast, particularly in what is end of January here, going into February, uh, because all of our juniors are soon to be eligible for co-op um, in the coming month ahead. And this is also geared towards seniors who may want to go out on co-op and maybe just are not aware of all the opportunities yet or exactly what the, the paperwork entails. And, and so it's kind of giving them a sense of what they can do to get involved in this opportunity. Um, so we are here to talk about um, kind of a bunch of different things related to co-op. Again, both kind of upperclassmen. And it's also to give a little taste for sophomores, right? They're moving on up. And freshmen, too, and coming freshmen who just joined us here at Southeastern and kind of getting them an understanding of what co-op could look like for them in the near future. Um, so to kind of get started, um, can you, one of you give us a clearer picture of what co-op uh, really means for students? Mm -hmm. So cooperative education is an opportunity for students who have had two full years of vocational programming uh, to be able to go out and apply their learning out in the field. During this time, they would um, be able to go to work instead of um, come to school during their shop week. And it's basically designed to give students that authentic learning experience that we sometimes wouldn't be able to give them in our in our school walls um, you know we look for challenging uh, opportunities for our students but we do understand that they're entry level and it also builds up the students self-confidence sometimes they don't realize all that they have learned by coming to school every day when they're able to actually apply what they've learned in um, in real things that they're doing and getting paid for is the added bonus, they all of a sudden see the bigger picture. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I know how to do this. And that's so important for their emotional growth as well. Yeah, they tend to lose perspective. When you're here every day and you're doing all this work, you know, we get bogged down sometimes. And then when you go out into the actual industry, you realize just how much you know. And also you realize there are a few more things that you still may need to know. And there's a difference between learning from your shop teacher, who you maybe know for two or three years, and getting to learn from some new faces and some new folks who may teach you in a different way, get slightly different equipment to play with also. You know, there are a lot of different pieces of equipment um, that you would use in different fields. And so to get a variety there was, would be really great. Okay. Mr. Pulley, would you like to add anything to that? It, uh, yes. It also allows the student to become aware of the world of work, which is totally different from what they've been doing in school all this time. Things are uh, changing and moving. It gives them awareness of what they need to know. So when they act, teacher explain something, it makes sense to them. That's definitely true. So we see all the time, and we're constantly working with this for the advisory board meetings every single you know, six, every six months, we're trying to constantly stay current and talking to industry partners to make sure that we do have that updated equipment to make sure that students are able to learn and to be proficient on it and they can be safe using that equipment when they go to work. So uh, let's pivot for just a second and talk about the idea of, um, we've used a slogan a few times in the past of being job ready here at Southeastern and making sure that our students are prepared for work. A lot of people, you know, we refer to our school as a vocational school, but it's also career and technical. So we are 
the goal is career oriented. Uh, a lot of our students do go to college, but a lot of them go out into the workforce and we will all have careers someday, right? That's the mm -hmm. idea, <laughs> right? So when we talk about vocational education, we're talking about making sure that they're job ready either right away or, you know, a short distance into the, into the future. So is there, you know, can we talk a little bit about how we get our students ready for going into the workforce? Because we do a lot at the vocational level um, to make sure that they're ready to go to work. Right, and I always say that to students. When you make the, the decision to come to a vocational high school, you are learning to be employable. And it starts right then. You know, from everything from being on time to meeting deadlines, you know, to having positive work attitudes and teamwork skills, um, that's everything that's built into 180 days of your learning here at Southeastern. But we take um, the approach of we want students that are entering the workforce to be able to have the ability to not require help with filling out employee-related forms such as W-4s, W-2s, um, <clears throat> health insurance information, even budgeting. Um, we really try to dive down. That's part of the purpose of our career portfolio in making sure that students have those samples. What does it mean to write a cover letter? What is a resume and why do you need them? And using it from an educational standpoint so that students are polished when they go out for their job interview. Um, you know, I like to say that even when you walk into lunch and, and you're in the cafeteria, yes, you are a student and expected to be a teenager, but, you know, oftentimes employers walk our halls. And it is so important. You never know. That first impression is you know, so important in that you have to make sure that you're presenting yourself as well as an employable person. Completely. And that is something as a vocational teacher myself, we stress every day. We have, you know, people walk into our shops all the time on tours. We have uh, people come in and they're, you know, sometimes they're just a prospective student. And we obviously want to make a very good impression on them, but it also sometimes public officials, <laughs> uh, people who are maybe allocating funds or, you know, potentially offering jobs to students in the future. Uh, so helping them to understand that every reaction they have, all of their body language, and the way they carry themselves, the way that they dress, that all plays into this. Uh, so can we talk for just another minute about some of the specifics? So students, you know, if, if this is something that maybe you haven't had happen yet in your shop, this is something you should be asking your teacher to help you with, which is understanding those tax forms. So f for the career portfolio, if your teacher is asking you to fill out a W-2 or a W-4 or to work on an I-9, if you're an independent contractor someday, you may work at freelance, you need to be asking for that material. You know, Make sure you get that done. Make sure you're filling it out with earnest because you're going to someday need to be able to do that, and you may not have a resource who can help you at that time. Um, also working on, um, you know, here at school, what are some of the certifications that we get for our students or help our students, they achieve them. But everyone gets OSHA 10 and some of the other shops go through specific safety training every single year or at least once to get the certification to make sure that they are certified. So those all matter in the grand scheme of making sure that they're, you know, you're employable by the time that you leave here. Um, so let's move on here and say, um, 
interview skills. I want to talk about that Fantastic. for a minute. Yes. So, you know, we, we do a great job. Every one of our vocational programs certifies students in at least one industry-recognized credential. But I think that students need to understand that, okay, I just don't have this card that says I have it. Mm-hmm. We have to have our students polished on how they utilize that during a job interview to show why they're the more qualified candidate over another one. Mm-hmm. And if I had an area to improve on with all of our students, it would be in those interview skills. You know, every student has a skill set. Identifying what your skill set is and being able to promote yourself. Um, you know, we're doing something with the juniors in a couple of weeks. I was going to ask if you were going to talk about that. Yeah, where we are going to um, put them through, all of them are going to go through mock interviews with another person, not their shop teacher. I love that. And I think that, that that's important because we often get comfortable with our shop teacher or with our peer. Talking to a stranger is completely different. So we're going to be doing this. So juniors, I hope you're ready, and I hope your resumes look well and they look mm-hmm. good and professional. Yep. As well. And making sure that when you're doing your resume and your your cover letter, the, when you get to that point, making sure that capitals, you know, capital letters are, are capitalized, you know, proper nouns. I'm sorry, are capitalized, or the starts of every sentence are capitalized, and making sure that you're paying attention to your punctuation. Every line should be the same. All you know, all your grammar should match up. Um, you know, so that's something that a lot of students, maybe they don't pay attention to those little details. And these mock interviews are really going to help to identify some of those weaknesses there. All right. So what are some things, moving on a little more towards Mr. Poli potentially here, what are some things that we can do to kind of help our students to identify a co-op position or a field perhaps that they would want to be interested in? So we've talked about the idea of being job ready, now helping them to go out and find an actual position or a field that they might be able to start looking in. So. Well, finding a position is handled by a number of ways. The first thing a student should do is contact his shop teacher. They have the contacts in their particular field. They know what shops are active, which are not. They can assist with that and help the student find a job. That's only part of it. The student can go on a number of search engines and go indeed.com is one. There's a number of them, and they can see what kind of jobs are out there. It's kind of a research project, and they need to do that. They, uh, I explained to them, it's being a detective. You've got to go out, mm-hmm. see what's there, and see what would you could fi- you could possibly do as a mm-hmm. co-op job. Yeah. We've worked, actually, to have our students go on Indeed.com because they say, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I say, well, you know, we need to start looking at some jobs, and let's start looking at some of the requirements for those jobs. They want to know, should I go to college? Should I, you know, do a certificate program? Or what should I be focusing my, all my extra time? I have extra time after school. I work a job, but I have a few hours to dedicate. What should I be working on? And I say, well, what are the requirements for the job that you want someday? Is it two to three years experience taking photographs is, or, you know, two to three years working in an auto body shop? You know, so you can start working towards some of those requirements so that you are eligible and would someone would consider you. Uh, yeah. So, I, again, the student has to invest themselves as well as a shop instructor and the par- parents. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a commutative effect. Everybody gets involved. And this uh, facilitates the student finding a job that mm-hmm. he's, he or she is suited for. Mm-hmm. And we, go ahead. I was just going to say that the, we did survey. You, we all sent us a survey to all the, ju- the seniors and then all the juniors mm-hmm. to try and assess some of their interests as well as some of the things maybe they weren't 
fully informed on. I know on that forum there was question of whether they had access to a driver's license or transportation. I know that was a part of it. So we have made a big push to try and survey all of our you know, upperclassmen to say, how can we help you in your search, right? So I just want to make sure that everyone knows about that survey. Right. And, you know, and again, like Mr. Poli said, you know, it's not, we're not an employment agency. We are uh, an an educational facility that helps kids know the steps that they need. And we understand that, you know, all right, you do the research, you find this this opportunity, you might need that next piece to connect in with that industry. And that's where Mr. Poli and I would come in, um, you know, and the shop teacher to say, okay, if uh, this nursing home is hiring a CNA, you know, and now, okay, now what do you do? Okay, well, is my resume ready? Yes. Is my cover letter ready? Are my interview skills? What kind of questions are they going to ask? Mm -hmm. You know, perhaps maybe making that initial phone call is what they're stressing the most. And and that's where Mr. Pooley's been awesome. He connects with the employer. Uh, some of our shop teachers have invited employers here to conduct the interviews, which mm -hmm. I think just like Skills USA, having home field advantage puts yeah. our kids in a mu much more comfortable environment. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even, you know, arranging, like when I, a, a child stops and says, you know, I've got a job interview, I stop and I say, okay, what two things are important? You know, a firm handshake, looking them in the eye, mm -hmm. and thanking them for the opportunity. First and last impressions. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, those are some of the things that we will, you know, help with. And then students automatically think, too, that, you know, I got the job, okay, I can go. Yeah. And, you know, and they, you know, that's where Mr. Poli and I, it's, it's kind of the, the step, I would say, that slows us down often, is even though we're allowing you to go out on co-op, there is a checklist and a procedure that we need to make sure mm -hmm. that we're sending the employ, uh, the student to an employer that's safe oh, yeah, to work that's okay. We're just making sure you're on, you're, <laughs> you're available. Um, you know that the employee is safe to work with. That they have the insurance necessary to cover the student in the event of it, any kind of uh, injury. Mm -hmm. And that the hourly wage is compa is comparative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, comparative to what what a student should be making. Yeah, entry level. So. So let's talk about the. So once. So I I love that you're making the statement that. You're trying to make sure that everyone is aware that we are not an employment agency here at Southeastern and that students really do need to do a lot of that legwork. And I have a lot of students who, who may be mentioned and you may be hear from them that making that first phone call or making that first contact is the hardest part for them and kind of that reaching out mm. piece. And so, you know, we can help to make that introduction, but they really need to do a lot of the, of the work here. Um, you know, again, when they graduate, it's all for them. You know, this is practice, mm -hmm. all right? So once we have a student who maybe has a co-op site in mind, what are some of the, the pieces that we do as a staff to try and ensure that that is a safe environment for that student to work in? It's two parts. Firstly, I go and speak with the shop instructor. Is this student ready maturity-wise? And we also take and check their grades and make sure the grades are up where they need to be. Mm -hmm. All students must have a 70 or better grade in all their grades. That's checked. Mm -hmm. Their behavior and their attendance is also important. But more, more importantly, we have to make sure that the placement is suited for that student. You can have a perfect placement, but it might not be suited for that student mm -hmm. or vice versa. Yeah. It's a good idea to make sure everybody 
is on the same page. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the first things we do. I speak to the instructor, the okay. student speaks to the instructor, then they come see me. And we start the application process. Okay. And I know as a vocational teacher myself, we the shop teachers or you or another staff member may go out and do a site visit at that location Correct. to make sure that it is compliant with all of our, you know, and the students' needs to make sure that there are all the safety precautions in place and that the student can be safe in that working environment, but also the necessary paperwork that's involved to make sure that there's workers' compensation uh, and insurance so that if something were to happen on that site, that student will be covered and they wouldn't you know, have, you know, what a lot of students don't realize is health is an issue. So if you get injured on a job site and you don't have insurance, then you can't, you know, you get hurt, you can't work, suddenly you're losing money and you're, you know, you're in jeopardy. So that's something that a lot of students, I think, miss. That speaks to a portion of when we speak with the employer, they have a responsibility as well. And some of the co-op uh, regulations they're not familiar with. Either myself or another instructor will go there and explain that process the way they understand mm -hmm. what their responsibilities are. Mm -hmm. They're more familiar with the person coming off the street and going yeah. to work. This is mm -hmm. a little different thing. Yeah. So we make that very clear okay. during the application process. Yeah. Okay. So once we have cleared the the co-op site for, you know, we determine that it is a safe envi working environment for the student. What does the student need to do to get the ball rolling? So there is an application process, and as you mentioned, that's kind of where we get hung up a little bit, is you can't just go to work on day one. You have to do some paperwork and whatnot. So can you explain for students who maybe don't know what that process is like, how they can get started with an applic application for co-op? As I said, they come to visit with me, and they get the application to go on co-op. We check their grades and attendance. We also have the other administrators sign off on the application once it, it's completed. And all this process takes a little time. Some of those students are very anxious to go to work the next day mm -hmm. they think because very they got exciting. the application. Okay, I'm ready to go. Well, that's yeah. not true. Once all the, all the regs are met, then we set up what we call an effective date when the student can start working. Okay. Yeah, the parent needs to sign off, too, uh, on the application just to make sure that, you know, they have permission. And, you know, students also think, okay, well, now I'm out on co-op. I don't have to do any schoolwork. Well, that's not true. That's the next piece. I think that kind of slows down the processes. Students need to, one, be assessed by their employer. Their employer grades them based upon their performance in there. And that's not only counts as a student's grade, but it's also looked at from the vocational teacher standpoint on how the instruction is taking place. Have I prepared this child enough for what needs to go out? And the second piece is the reflection. So we want the students to be able to always build on that practice of self-reflection. What, what did I do well? What did I need help with? What problems did I encounter? How did I solve them? And, and through this one-page essay, it gives us um, a major you know, uh, vision of what, what needs to be done. Maybe there's something that we need to review with our students. You know, um, it's also a good talking point if you remember when you, you didn't do X or mm -hmm. Y unit, mm -hmm. why it was important because I told you Comes that back. it was going to come into play in the field. So, mm -hmm. and those two reflective pieces, I think, allow us to prepare students better. Mm -hmm. um, okay. 
Yeah. So just to recap for students, you have an application process to fill out for your co-op, and that includes making sure that your grades, all of your grades, including academics, have to be above a 70, and they have to stay that way throughout co-op. You mm -hmm. cannot dip That's at any correct. point. So what happens if a student were to dip and to go below a 70 in one of their grades? What does that look like for a student? Well, we're alluded to that on a weekly basis. On the Monday, we get a report on what students have are at risk. Speak to the student, speak to the employer, speak to the parents, a three-prong. Yep. And hopefully we can correct the situation before it gets, becomes a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. So we okay. keep an eye on that. We keep okay. make sure we're well aware of what's going on with the student. All right. Yep. And, and I've also talked to students, you know, that have struggled um, a little bit with this and to remind them that every teacher in this building has late nights on Mondays and Wednesdays. And if they made themselves available on Monday and Wednesdays during their academic week to stay after with teachers that they generally struggle in that particular area, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation at all. <laughs> um, you know, when they ha kids have to advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then having that polished resume uh, and then also making sure that your parent is in the loop because we will be contacting Absolutely. that parent. Okay, fantastic. And then making sure students understand... There is that reflection piece. You can't just go to work. You have to. It has to be a learning opportunity. It's that cooperative learning still. So you still have to turn in that reflection. And right now that's done on Google Classroom. Is that correct? Correct. Fantastic. All right. So let's move on to the idea of we had talked a little bit briefly about the history of co-op here at Southeastern. It's not something that has always been maybe as prominent as it is currently. Um, can you give us a little bit of a background on co-op and what it used to look like here at South Southeastern? Oh, well, <laughs> we've come a long way. We have come a long way. Um, you know, when I started here in 2007, our economy was a little off and co-op numbers were, were a little low. I think uh, at one point we started with under 60 students on co-op. And over the last couple of years, Mr. Pulley has done a great job. The shop teachers have done a great job. We've hit a total in some years of 153. I think we've been pretty close to it. Um, this year... Well, as of today, we're at 107. Great. And this is the mid-year point. Plus, yeah. I have a lot of students that are actively seeking jobs. Yeah. What, what, what it's astounding is the students now know it's part of the school. Mm -hmm. At one time, I'm not saying it wasn't part of the school, but, known. but it was kind of in the background. Now it's, oh, I want to go on co-op. I have mm -hmm. sophomores coming to me ready to go on co-op, mm -hmm. although they're not yeah. regulation-wise. They can't yeah. do it. But mm -hmm. the fact is they are aware of it. They know who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm lovingly called the job guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Can people still refer to you as that's, a job guy? Absolutely. If it works, that's fine. <laughs> we have freshmen who come through for the, the one day, the, not the one day, the five day. They come through for uh, um, open house, and they say, what do you guys do for co-op? You know, on, mm -hmm. on a Saturday morning, I'm thinking, all right, here we, you know, great. you're really coming here to go to work. Right. And, and the other thing is we want to be very clear that, you know, we prepare students for college career both you know, all the time. And a lot of times students say, you know, well, I'm not going to take advantage of co-op because I plan on going to college. And, you know, I think they're looking at that wrong. You know, I haven't seen a college yet that doesn't cost any money. So that students should be taking advantage of co-op to help them pay for college or mm -hmm. to put some money aside mm -hmm. so that they don't have to work when they transition to their post-secondary education. 
one thing I would love to add to this is that the number is 107 right now, and we're in January. Right. And we still have, those are only seniors. Correct. Correct. Our goal this year was 200. And, and I, that's by June, right? That by June. And uh, I had challenged the junior class um, to get out more than the seniors. And mm-hmm. if the seniors are hovering at that mark, I'm hoping that juniors push us over. Okay. Um, you know, and again, too, it's a great opportunity for students to identify, too, what long-term career they want to go into as juniors. Mm-hmm. I think that it's very, very important if you think that you are going into a particular career path, co-op gives you the opportunity to be able to take advantage of that to see if it's something that you are going to like long term. And especially as senior year, you know, as a junior, you get to go out, you get to try it and see, you know, after six months of doing this, is this something that you really see yourself mm-hmm. doing? Because now, as we approach senior year, that's the time when you, your next steps are being prepared for. So mm-hmm. I think that it's imperative that juniors take advantage of it. And I know for juniors, it could be that they're just a little nervous. You know, and that's fine. You don't, un, you have no idea what you know until you get out there. And I think that it's a real self-confidence booster for our kids. Beyond that, I have had the experience of students going on a, in a co-op uh, position and finding out that they there are other things they can learn. It may even be a crossover to a different field entirely, but they didn't weren't aware that they could do that. Mm-hmm. Some I have had students go in one particular from one particular program. Well, they've asked me to weld. I've never welded before. That's not part of their program. Now they're learning that. And getting back to the college and mm-hmm. co-op connection, yes, you can go through a college uh, path, but it's a good thing to know you have this toolbox of experience you can fall back on. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a job along with going to college is not a bad idea. Not at all. And I worked all through college. I know most of my friends worked all through college. Mm -hmm. We have a a machine tech, precision machining um, business that is working with uh, our teachers right now. And if they get the right employee, they've offered to pay for some college. And how awesome is that? And had we had not treaded the co-op waters, Mm -hmm. we would have never learned about this opportunity for our kids. So, you know, our teachers are making some huge gains with building those relationships with industry. And I think that that's really where we need to push. A lot of students focus on oh, I'm making $11 an hour, I'm, you know, they focus on the hourly rate, and what they don't realize is the longer-term benefits that actually some of these companies may provide, too. This is true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can we talk a little bit about how much students are able to earn? Because some people mm-hmm. may think that they might not get a minimum wage or it might be just volunteer-based. It's up uh, up to the employer. Right now we have two students earning $17 an hour, one from uh, computer and electronic engineering and one from plumbing, which is awesome. And I want to mention that we do have our co-op calculator that generates the income, and as of right now, a senior class could have bought one Lamborghini. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I saw it this morning somewhere around uh, 270000 277 Yeah, Yeah, which is amazing to think about. 849 Nintendo Switches. I was going to say, the superintendent for, um, for the advisory dinner, he broke it out in terms of the number of cars, the number of computers, the number of game units. I thought that was really helpful for, for people just to actually visualize the physical 
things that you know everyone talks about money but what they don't we don't always talk about is the fact that money affords us a lifestyle it affords us like, you know freedoms that you mm-hmm. know and so that helping students to kind of break it down in that way and also employers to make sure that right. they understand you're providing a lifeline you know we have the owner of AccuRounds that starts his tours all the time by touring the faculty parking lot to, to show uh, the kids what cars the employees drive and I think that that's masterful so that's fantastic actually okay so we talked about co-op numbers and and students so can we talk a little for juniors specifically juniors can we talk about when they're eligible to go out can they start working on some of this paperwork right now you know they can start doing the paperwork absolutely and the uh, I think it's February 4th or 5th? 5th. 5th. Yeah, when they can, uh, by regulation, can go on co-op. Okay. So we can do a lot of the pre-work to have that in place. Okay. And something that's really interesting that you all have mentioned is the idea that if we have a senior that's out right now, the senior goes every other week. So they would go on a B weeks. No, A weeks. I'm sorry. Yes. They would go on A weeks. And then the, if the junior wants to p- pair up, they could go on the opposite week. Correct. And so the employer could have full-time work, but just from opposite students on opposite weeks, which is I think is great. Absolutely. The employees really value that. They'll yeah. call me, well, I'd hire a co-op student, but that's only two weeks out of the month as well. Mm-hmm. As of February, you can cover that because now we can allow the juniors to fill in those spots. Right. Mm-hmm. So and it works out well. And Excuse a lot me. of vocational programs have taken advantage of that because juniors are allowed to go out on externship their first semester. Um, so the employers have taken advantage by um, accepting some student interns which is kind of like a, a live job interview, interview yeah. and, and they've actually taken a multiple um, a, a multitude of students and then say, okay, I want to hire Nancy because she's the best fit for the job. And, you know, even though it's competitive amongst your peers, the reality is this, that's real life, and, and what better opportunity than to experience it when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So a new thing this year, transitioning to, uh, I've heard the term signing day, and I know a little bit more about it, but I'm assuming that people may have, you know, students may have just heard that there is something called signing day and they might not necessarily know any of the details. So if we could start from kind of the ground level of what is the idea behind signing day? Um, and is this something we've ever done before? No, no. this this is our first annual. Uh, Miss Gothia from Cosmetology has been working with me on this. Um, what we want to assimilate is a lot of focus in high schools put upon students signing to a four-year college. We are taking the uh, mantra that that's not all that Southeastern does. So we are highlighting students that have been offered full-time employment and plan to go into full-time employment in their co-op employer and we're going to host a signing day uh, in conjunction with our spring advisory board on March 19th. The employer will be invited here um, to sign the student into long-term employment and, you know, it's something that I hope we build on. It's going to be start off small this year, um, you know, but we want to get the word out that our students do go to a life of work after here, and we want to prepare them and build partnerships with the employers that are taking our students. Mm-hmm. I've heard of some really great opportunities 
this is my fifth year here, and I we do a lot of video work with a lot of the, the students in all the shops. And so we a few years ago, we had the chance to go and actually film some students at their co-op sites, which was really cool because you get to see the students in action. We film them in shop all, all the time, uh, but it was so neat to see all the same materials that they were using in shop, but then it's all going into practice and they have live clients. And uh, and having, we actually went and filmed a student who was hired on and I got to talk, I got to interview the, his employer. He couldn't have been happier. He loved that particular student, had asked the student to do you know 3D modeling that he had not necessarily done prior, but but he took the student took it and ran with it and was able to make a full-time job out of that right after he graduated and, and worked there for quite a while. So, you know, making sure that students understand that is a goal, career and technical education. You know, you take that and you move and you go with, you know, after after high school, you don't have to continue and go on to college. All right. So uh, in terms of signing day, how can students make sure that they if they want to be a part of that? How can we help them? Well, you know, I, I want them to be real. I want it to be authentic. So right now what the vocational teachers are doing is, is they're, you know, and they do this often, they call the employer just to check on their students or go and visit with their employer. And I think that the teacher and the employers need to, um, you know, come to agreement because we want it to be real. Uh, we want it to be a real opportunity where a kid is definitely going to do that when they graduate. Um, at that point, I think that students need to continue doing what they're doing. They need to take advantage of cooperative education, and uh, they need to do a great job when they're out there. And, you know, but I don't want to close the door that, you know, it's okay to still go to college as well. Um, you know, it's totally up to that child and what their career path is. So this is just to really highlight the students that are going out into full-time work. Excellent. Is there anything else that we would like to add that maybe we haven't covered yet? Yes. Many of my co-op clients, meaning the employers, mm -hmm. were former students from here that have gone on in different areas and built their own business. So they are aware of co-op. They are aware of who mm -hmm. we are. And many of my placements are just that, former students that go on from in their skills and be, become uh, company owners on their own. They supply a good amount of jobs for our students. So it kind of like, it, it forward it's, a little. right, it pays forward. And it's it's worked out well. Former students are a great resource. Mm -hmm. They really are. And, it, and they have an understanding of what it's like to be at a vocational school. And so they can kind of be a little bit of a bridge for our students who are going out into the workforce. So again, you know, whether you go to college first and then you go into a career that's, you know, they're both related. You know, everyone will be going to work at some point. All right. I want to thank you both so much for being here. Truly appreciate it. I hope that if students have any questions, uh, they know that they can contact you directly, Mr. Poli, yes, uh, job absolutely. guy. Is it, can they call you job guy? Sure, that's uh, fine. <laughs> you call him Mr. Poli. And you can uh, call his direct line, which is 508-230-1389. And you can also email him at jpoli at seor serd.org um, and his office is also in the makerspace so if you have time uh, during your day you can go down and visit him but make sure to call or email him first because he is not always in his office he's often doing uh, paperwork and doing site visits and whatnot related to co-op so thank you both very much appreciate it thank, thank you, you. Ms. Brown.